0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Twenty seconds to
1: go! Reshaut save talent! Rebound Tablo Blue page. Grit shot, Martinez, save, Talbot, Kopitar begs it off the back of the head. 12-6, shot, Martinez, save, made
2: by Cam Talbot. Goes to the left side, he'll hit Corey Watson with it, he'll sidestep one tackler and gets to the 20, Corey Watson, inside the 10, touchdown!
3: Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams.
2: This is
3: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and
2: Eskimos. 630 champ. Thomas Dyson, our news department, so emotional at the honor of working with me. Gets choked up just saying my name.
3: Yeah, well, I guess uh, I'm sorry to say
2: it was the tackle time. (laughs) Oh, jeez. You're, you're eating taco time while reading your newscast. That's incredible. I like you made to it that
0: multitask read. What's that? Yeah. No, I had finished it earlier, but you know, <laughs> remnants.
2: <laughs> I gotta say, this newsroom has some of the unhealthiest eating I've ever experienced in my broadcasting career. That's actually healthy compared to what most people eat. Thomas, thank you. I'll let you get back to work for your six thirty. He's probably gonna order a pizza now. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. I really appreciate you tuning in tonight, starting your weekend here. CFL this evening, a minute and a half left in the first half. Ottawa 11, Saskatchewan nothing. Saskatchewan coming in at 6-6, Ottawa at 5-8-1. Later on, 3-10, Montreal plays 11-1-1, Calgary. I'm picking the Stampeders in that one. Also keeping an eye on the Golden Bears football team. In Manitoba, it's already in the fourth quarter, 6.48 to go, and the Bears have just scored to go up 29-25. We all know how bad the Bears football team has been for about the last decade. 0-4 this season, Manitoba 1-3. The Bears fired their defensive coordinator a couple of weeks ago. Well, they're ahead, getting into the latter stages of the fourth quarter so we'll see if they can get in the win column that'll be something to watch for okay so coming up tomorrow on 630 ched 630 for the face-off show the game will start at eight final preseason game for your Edmonton Oilers as they visit the Vancouver Canucks and then on Kissing Country 103.9 Eskimos home to the Blue Bombers Eskimos back at it after a bye week they have not won Since the second week of August, 6.30 for the countdown to kick off. The game on the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium starts at 7.30. So, busy day tomorrow, and uh, we'll keep you filled in on everything going on with your Edmonton sports teams. It's kind of fun today. So, we get to go and, and do all our interviews after the Oilers practice, and... You know, I'm always thinking, all right, who am I going to talk to today? What's, what's the story? We've been talking a lot about Yamamoto and all that kind of stuff. So we're waiting outside to go into the Oilers dressing room to interview players. And uh, Sean May, who's a member of the Oilers Media Relations staff, comes out with a box. And in this box are these books, the National Hockey League Official Guide and Record Book. You have probably seen these. This one, there it's about 600, 680 pages. It says right on the back. It always has a picture of the Stanley Cup champions on the front. So it's got, got the Pittsburgh team photo from last year. And it has all the uh, stats from last year, a little team summary, I think four pages for each team, playoff summaries, and a lot of historical stuff. Like I just randomly flipped it open. All the all-star teams going back to 1930 history of the league, the, the how the playoffs have worked each year, and then it has an entry for each player, right? Patrick, you've seen this. Patrick Bauer on the other side of the window. I remember when I was a kid, I used to buy this book, and I, I would buy it every second year. That was my plan. Because I thought it was too much to buy every year, because not that much would change. Sensible ev- young man. But every second year. I, well, I'm a very thrifty human being, even at this point in my life. You mean cheap? Don't dress it up. Thrifty. <laughs> so... I, so we get these books just as we're about to go into the interviews, and I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'll go into the dressing room, and whatever player I see first, I'll go to his page, and I'll go up to him, and I'll interview him about his entry in the book." Now it's—I mean, granted, it's stuff you can get on the internet, but it's got—it's got a picture of the guy, it's got all his stats going back, usually at least until junior. His, the summary of the teams he's played for, was he traded? Did he sign as a free agent? How did, how did he move around? International experience, if, if he has any. So I thought, okay, I'll just do this and, and and see who I talk to. So turned out to be a guy who's one of the more well-spoken members of the Edmonton Oilers, Mark Latestu. and, well, I'll, I'll just play it because it's pretty interesting where it went, especially, especially right off the top. So I go up to Mark Stahl, I flip open to his page, show him his entry, and here we go. All right, Mark, first of all, uh, how do you feel about the picture? Uh, it's me, which is good,
4: because we, we had a mix-up the last couple of years with Nikita Nikitin being my, my headshot everywhere. So it's me, which is important, and it's a few years ago, so that's even better. Did you ever find out how that happened with Nikitin? No, no, but it was everywhere. It was on the Sportsnet had it, the EA Sports had it. Uh, I'll blame it on J.J. Bear. His fault.
2: Uh, no, do you... Is there anything you feel that is missing here? Like you wish the St. Paul Jr. beat Canadian stats were here as well to make it more complete, or are you, are you okay with this? No, that's that's good for me. Uh, hopefully,
4: they don't have my coaching record in there. That would be nice to have that in there. Uh, but, yeah, everything is there. Usually that, that third Bonneville year is absent in a lot of places, so it's nice to see that there,
2: the little feather in my cap. I don't know if I've ever asked you about seven games in Sweden. That was during the lockout, and then you came back. And then you came back and coached Bonneville. What did you do that year?
4: No, I, I started uh, in Bonneville, and then as the the lockout kind of felt like it was coming to an end, it was time to, to start getting back into game shape and skating in Bonneville. with the team just wasn't doing it, so I went over to uh, Uppsala, Sweden, for a month. It was the month of December, so that's why there's only seven games. They big Christmas break and a national team break, uh, but I had a great time. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Cool experience Uh, I had to go by myself without my family which kind of stunk but it was good we finally got uh, sorted out and back uh, playing.
2: What, What was the hockey like compared to playing in North America? Uh, The the big ice surface was probably the
4: the biggest change, Uh, but there's a lot of other players there. Uh, You know, Anji Kopitar was playing with his brother, and Bobby Ryan uh, were playing on Mora. Uh, But it it was good hockey. I'd say you know somewhere around American League comparable uh, with some of the interjected NHL guys. Uh, It was it was good for me on the big ice to get the skating legs back.
2: When you look back at all these teams in this entry, I mean, you just kind of think like. That's, that's pretty amazing. You've got to do all those, and you've had those years in bold that are the NHL years. Yeah, you know, and I
4: before you and I started talking, I was just joking that I was, you know, happy that I'm just in there, uh, and, and I truly mean that. You know, I, I didn't – clearly by where I got drafted, nobody expected me to be here. Uh, you know, I'm going to play 500 this year. Uh, you know, I'm incredibly proud of that. So to see that the list is getting longer year by year, uh, yeah, there's a lot of pride for me in that.
2: When you look back at all those different training camps – AJHL, NCAA, NHL and AHL, is there one that stands out or uh, maybe a training camp story or incident that still rings with you?
4: You know, the the one making the team is always, that'll always stick with me because, you know, there's eight exhibition games and you find a way to get into all eight and then you feel like you got nothing left and then the season starts. Uh, you put so much into just making the team. Uh, but they're, they're getting harder every year, get a little bit older, so it's it's what I'm sure will will make my decision to walk away from the games. I don't want to do another VO2 test. So <laughs> hopefully that'll be my decision to make. Does anything surprise you that happens in a training camp anymore? They've certainly changed. Uh, you know, when, when training camps, there used to be fights in the practices, you know, guys you know, trying to make an example, fighting at a veteran player. Now, I mean, we hardly see them in the games against other teams. Uh, so the way training camps are run has changed a lot. Uh, I'm happy this one's almost over. I'm ready to start playing. Uh, But, yeah, they're getting shorter, and they're they're just changing. Uh, But I'm, I'm hopeful i got a few more left in me.
2: That is Mark Letestu. Always great to talk with him. And so off the top, and, Patrick, I don't know if you remember this, but, yeah, for a significant amount of time, you would look up Mark Letestu, and several of the online sites had a picture of Nikita Nikitin. Now, I, I don't know how, the, he wasn't sure how that he jokingly blamed a member of the Oilers' media relations staff, but I don't know how that happened. And it like he said, it was on several sites, because I used to see it, I, I didn't really notice it, and then I would see people tweeting about it, and putting stuff on social media, and, and it got to the point where some people would... You know, every few weeks would be like still Nikitin. Like, don't they know what don't they know what Letestu looks like? That's pretty funny. And it was kind of an odd mix-up. I mean, it's not like their names are close together. Not like close. there was a there was a Smithson, and somebody put a Smith instead. You know, you know, like yeah, understandable. There are different nationalities, different positions. Uh, so for a while, and, and it was a very. Uh, The the picture of Nikitin, he wasn't smiling, and his eyes were quite intense in it, which I think made it even a little more comical. (laughs) So so Letestu even uh, knew about it and knew that that several of his photo or several of his web pages with his profiles on various sites, it was not him. So when I showed him the guide and record book, <laughs> I said, what do you think of the photo? He goes, well, first of all, it's me. Yeah, it's not I Nikita Nikita. <laughs> so the NHL publication <laughs> itself, two thumbs up for that. But he he commented on what a lot of people say, even in the last five to ten years, f- fewer fights in training camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, it used to be you'd even fight your teammates in scrimmages or in, in drills to, to prove yourself. And then you might... And now, what if we had... One, I think there's been one fight in seven Oilers preseason games, and I believe there was one fight in three games at the Pentecton tournament, and that's even a drop-off in the five years I've been going to Pentecton. So Mark commented on that in the seven or eight years he's been in the NHL. That was cool to uh, talk about that. All right. is the phone number. If you are interested in participating in the show, you can also text 63630. The Oil Kings play tonight, 7 o'clock, against Lethbridge at Rogers Place. We'll keep you updated on that one once it starts. Some comments from Peter Shirelli, Todd McClellan, as we move along inside sports on 630 Chat. This is Mark Letestu from
4: your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630
2: Chet. So at halftime, Ottawa 11, Saskatchewan nothing in the CFL. How about this? The Golden Bears football team, two minutes 18 seconds away from getting their first win of the season. They get another touchdown and they lead Manitoba 36-25, 2.18 to go. We'll keep you updated. 780-496-0063, 780 you can text 630-630. At Oilers' practice today, Dreisaitl remained on the right side with McDavid and Maroon. The lines were the same as yesterday, except Yessi Puglia-Yarve was moved up to the third line from the fifth line, as we've been calling it, The uh, I guess the depth guys, uh, with Jokinen. and Strom and Kajula, so he was rotating mostly with UC and so we'll see how the lineup actually goes tomorrow. The Oilers will have their morning skate here in Edmonton, and then fly to Vancouver for the game. 6.30 face-off show on 6.30, Chet. That game will start at 8.00. Head coach Todd McClellan was asked about his lineup in Vancouver tomorrow.
3: Well, We don't have many players left here, Um, so basically the group that's going to roll out is going to look a lot like um, the Edmonton Oilers group. There's still a couple guys that we may take a look at. Uh, but that last one um, you know it 's about getting familiar with special teams. You probably have everybody in the lineup that uh, that 's normally on a power player or penalty kill situation. Uh, players finding the rhythm of their of their game within our uh, our structure and the way we roll lines out and just polishing things up and getting prepared so um, I know the last one usually teams like to get out of it is. Healthy as possible, and sometimes the players play that way. But uh, I hope that we're uh, competitive, and and we're preparing to play uh, because Wednesday will come quick.
2: All right, and as Tom McClellan has has said, he doesn't like the phrase "only the preseason." He wants his team to be detailed to go out there and, and compete and work hard, regardless of the situation. He did say sometimes players just want to get out of it healthy. He was asked about should Connor McDavid sit out tomorrow. Uh, you know what. He... <clears throat>
3: I can comment on that and we can play him and he can take a shot off the ankle and, and we open up the can of worms. We play hockey. Uh, we want our best player out there in the last game to, to work on the power play and the penalty kill. It's a chance every team in the league takes and uh, we're going to play him and we're going to get him ready to play and um, we'll take whatever comes our way. We, uh, we can't play like that. Uh, we can't play careful all the time. We've got to be getting prepared.
2: All right, so because I know that's a question that Rob and I get asked, not just about McDavid but other top players on the team. Should they play? Should they kill penalties? And as McClellan said, you can't play careful all the time. You need players to be prepared to be to be ready to go. And I'm sure McDavid wants to play tomorrow night. Peter Chiarelli, the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers, was on Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer earlier today. We'll play some of the highlights. Of that interview throughout the show, Kyler Yamamoto, who by the way turned 19 today, turned 19 today, still with the Oilers. He was their 22nd overall pick, in, or in the first round from the draft in Chicago this summer. Has had a pretty good camp overall, and Shirelli had this to say on Yamamoto:
0: I'm mildly surprised, but uh, based on what what we have seen of him last year in juniors, um, you know, I, I. Uh, I told Todd he might be challenging. I told him at the development camp he might be challenging, and uh, um, and he has. And uh, he's just he's just such a smart player and a, and a sturdy player for his size and great edges, great speed. Um, and, you know, he doesn't hang on to the puck very long because he's smart. And players, that's what you have to do in this at this level. So... So maybe a little bit cautious because the play does pick up significantly from training camp to the next quarter, right? The first start of the regular season. So we'll see. He's done everything to make the team right now. Um, And, frankly, it'll be a decision on on our hands um, in a few days.
2: All right, so there you heard it. He's done everything to make the team right now. He is sturdy for his size. I I mean, look, I, I think at this point it's... It seems fairly obvious that Kyler Yamamoto will be on the Oilers' opening day roster, that he will play against the Flames on Wednesday. I do not think he will be here the whole year. I do not think he will be here beyond a nine-game look before he goes back to Spokane, but definitely can't argue with what he's done so far. The Oilers' right side may be a little questionable. Somebody has to step up and grab it, especially in an offensive role. Yamamoto's done that more than anybody else so far. Okay, we'll take a quick timeout. More comments from Shirelli as we move along tonight. Plus, this is going to be fun in the next half hour. Dave Randorf, who's going to be calling several Oilers games for the NHL broadcasts on Rogers, Sportsnet, Hockey Night in Canada throughout the season. Uh, I'm going to ask him about some early play-by-play memories because a lot of history there before he started doing NHL games. That'll be fun. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Coming right back.
4: this is Ryan Eugen-Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.
2: Well, how about this? The Alberta Golden Bears football team has a win, improving to 1-4 and four on the season. 36-25 at Manitoba, scoring 20 points in the fourth quarter. Nathan Rowe scored three touchdowns. Running back Ed Ilniki, who we've had on this show several times, an outstanding interview, 44 carries for 278 yards and a touchdown. You heard that right. 44 carries for 278 yards and a touchdown. 20 straight points for the Bears in the fourth quarter. So they were down 25-16, win 36-25. They move out of last place into fifth in the six-team Canada West Conference and still have a shot at the playoffs with three games to go. Uh, quarterback Brad Baker, 24 for 37, 288 yards and three touchdowns. I'm just going to do some math here, Patrick Bauer. You heard that stat, obviously. 44 carries? They gave him the ball 44 times. Wow. Uh, six. So 6.3 yards per carry, which is pretty good. Yeah, forty-four car- two hundred and seventy-eight yards rushing for Ilniki. I'm gonna make an early prediction. He might be a player of the week in Canada West football. I would. We expect might have that. to get him on this program. I, I think you should. Uh, we should try to get him on the night. I'm gonna text the. Uh, I'm gonna text the Gold Bears uh, and Pandas. Uh, yeah, why not? We should try yeah, to get that. Work, work your magic. That's, 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 that's impressive. Sorry, I'm just texting right now. That's seriously impressive. Uh, let me just do this here. If not, we'll get them on on Monday. Yeah, anyway. That's, that's, that's I mean, just to get 44 carries. Yeah, let I alone mean, Usually six a guy a gets 24 carries and you're like, "Well, oh, man, they really handed him the ball. Yeah, exactly. Like 44 touches. One, and I didn't even see if he had any receptions can we get the stats here on the Canada West website just doing this on the fly but I think it's worth uh, worth discussing uh, and he had and he, okay yeah had five receptions for 63 yards okay so he gets 49 touches 278 and 63 three uh, 351, 351. Yeah, that sounds right. 351 or 371? 341. Well, let's just do it on my calculator here. (laughs) That'd be the wise thing, I guess. Because I scribbled stuff down and then I couldn't even read what I was writing. We just got to get his total yardage. 278 plus 63. Yeah, you were right the first time. 341. 341, yeah. 341 combined yards. He touched the ball 49 times. Uh, And Nathan Rowe, receiver, has 11 catches for 162 yards. So, some eye popping stats for the Golden Bears today, who figure it out. Uh, We're going to see if we can get them ASAP. We'll hold off on on Dave Randor for a few minutes. Um, Just hang on. If our studio line rings, answer it, because it could be Ed Elnicki. Uh, Ottawa leading Saskatchewan 11 0. They're four and a half minutes into the third quarter. This is Inside Sports. On 6.30, Chet, uh, Levi says, is that a record? I don't think that's a rushing record. I think, I, think, I mean, in university football, you usually have, ex- I, th- I think there have been 300-plus rushing records, 300-yard-plus rushing games in Canada West football. Jamie says, imagine how banged up he would be after 44 carries. And another tech just says, watch out for distracted radio. Hey, at least I'm not driving. We could we could try to get the the kid on the show, or we can't. We like the game just ended, so I didn't see the stats. So we got to try to get him on. All right, that'll be fun. Uh, by the way, we're going to have more on the uh, Eskimos coming up with Morley Scott. Quickly though, Jason Moss, head coach, talking about his kicking game.
5: Yeah, I mean we've prepared. You know, we basically Sean's. Uh, injury the way it was diagnosed the way that it was projected to go didn't go quite the same I mean it's it's an injury it's an injury that it's unique to a kicker if it was any other position he probably could play through it but it's hard to kick when he has that type of injury he has so it's really about a feel for him and we can't put a time frame on it no longer and so when we got to that point where it wasn't Uh, a rosy outlook it became very clear to us that hey we better go out and and find the solution and that's what Swayze is for us it's a solution for us that if Sean can't go at all the rest of the year we have a guy in house that we feel has done it in big moments in our league Uh, you know Hughes he will continue to punt for us. He'll continue to do those things and be ready at a moment's notice. And then we got Brett here just in case as well. So, you know, that's, that's to shore up that kicking, the kicking um, game that we want to get back to where it was when Sean left off. So if Sean is able to come back at any point, he'll be kicking for us. But right now, he's got to go through protocols. He's got to go and get himself healthy. And once he does that, we'll have decisions to make. But right now, Swayze is the guy who's going to kick field goals for us.
2: All right, so Swayze Waters, place kicking, Hugh O'Neill punting. That's how the Eskimos are going to do it tomorrow against the Bombers. And uh, we'll have it for you on Kissin Country 103.9. 6.30 for the countdown to kick off. The game starts at 7.30. Here on Chad. coverage starts at 6.30. We'll have the Edmonton Oilers taking on the Vancouver Canucks final preseason game for the Oilers. Peter Shirelli, the GM of the team, was on with Bob earlier today. And a couple of young guys are big topics of discussion. You heard what Shirelli said about Kyler Yamamoto, that he has done enough to make the team. And I think he will be on the opening day roster. He was also asked about last year's, 2016's first round draft pick, Jesse Puljujarvi. yarvi
0: What Jesse has shown this year is uh, he's playing straighter lines more. He's not turning away. Uh, from the play or from a check, um, he's he's making more plays. Um, he, he you know he's he still has his bobbles here and there. He's he's ha- he's more confident. He he did different training in the summer. He's de- done more explosive training. You can see that in his skating. Uh, I'm very happy with where he is conditioning. Very happy on a lot of different fronts. And he's in a competition now. Our team is getting better, um, and you know he even Yamamoto is like he's he, like they're right in the midst of a competition. What 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 is? Um, and this isn't foreboding or anything, but Jesse's status, contract status, in that he can go to the American League, gives us more ops because you, you can go there, you can pull back and. Versus Kyler, who once you once you send them down, you can't you can't pull him back till till their season's done. So, um, so, that's just a little an aside. Jesse, we're 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 happy with them, and and he gets a little frustrated. But um, you know, if you look at Leon, for example, you know you don't want to talk about Blake Wheeler, but look at Leon and and the stuff that that we did with him. He's he's turning out fine, and and body wise, there's a lot of similarities.
2: All right. So some thoughts there on Yessi puglia Yarvey, who has not had the, I think, consistent offense, uh, the consistent offensive creation. I guess would be the way I would put it. That Kyler Yamamoto has. He did have a three-point period, uh, but he's but he's had some tough games. But I think they feel puglia Yarvey is coming along, and there's certainly room for both of them on the roster. We'll also see what happens with Chris Kelly going from some of the younger guys to the older guys. Who's here on a professional tryout contract? Here's Shirelli on Kelly, who, of course, he had in Boston.
0: Yeah, He's performed well, and I and I told Chris that. And uh, um, we just have to we have to see some of these how some of these things play out with uh, with uh, with Yamamoto and Jesse, and and uh, there's a number of other variables too. But Chris has done well. He's he's skating much better than he skated last year. Uh, he's a very very re- reliable player he's good on faceoffs. offs uh, it might have been his best game the other night um in saskatoon and uh he's great character great back-end character we want to cup with them uh i've seen what he can do in and, in and out of the room so we'll see I, I i don't have an answer for it nor if i did what i tell you
2: all right well of course he's not going to tell us quite yet but there's a relationship there between Chris Kelly and Shirelli. Uh, I, I think there's some trust there. Anton Slepyshev will start the year on injured reserve, so there is a spot uh, available. They can keep, assuming they keep 7D, that means 14 forwards. Uh, yeah, maybe Kelly's around. That's going to be a storyline. I, I would expect Kelly to get the game tomorrow so they can they can see how he looks, give him one last chance to try to make the team. Ottawa adding some more points here they're up 17 nothing on Saskatchewan five and a half minutes in to the third quarter Shirelli also commenting on the state of the defense no Secura for probably at least a third of the year we've
0: elevated uh, Matt right now into a second pair and at least that's you know from afar that's what it looks like internally he's gonna he's gonna get a look there Matt Benning um, you know Darnell has, has gotten better too from from last year he's improving Um... So we'll see, we'll see, and, and and Chris is Russell's skating the best I've seen him skate a while, um, but he's Andre's a big loss. So um, we'll, we'll we'll you know I, I'm going to be relatively patient with this, but we'll we'll see what unfolds.
2: All right, there's some comments from Oilers General Manager Peter Shirelli. We have more as we move along tonight. It's 644. We'll call a quick timeout here. We're hoping to connect from Winnipeg with Golden Bears running back Ed Ilnicki. Huge game today as the Bears get their first win. It just ended about 15 minutes ago. He had 49 touches for 341 yards from scrimmage. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chat.
5: This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630. All
2: right, and a breaking story here. The Golden Bears football team in the win column to go to 1-4 and four on the season coming back from a 25-16 deficit in the fourth quarter to win at Manitoba, 36-25, leading the way with 278 yards rushing and 63 more receiving for 341 yards from scrimmage. Running back Ed Ilnicki, who we get on the show now. Ed, I know the game only ended about 17 minutes ago, so thanks for making time for us. First of all, how does it feel to get over the hump and get the first win of the year?
1: Yeah, it's it's awesome Reed. It uh it means a lot. I know that we've been talking about it all through the years. We've just got to play. We had to clean up a few things and the guys were able to do that and we had to say, "Okay, we got to go finish things." football is a game of pressure, and you just got to keep cranking it up against teams, and we, have, we hadn't been able to do that the last four weeks, but today we found a way to finish, so it's really exciting. It gives a lot of confidence to this group, and I think, I think we got an outstanding group of individuals that are going to do very well if we continue to play at a high level.
2: All right, and, and obviously, I mean, four of the six teams in Canada West make playoffs, so even though it's, it's, it's one win, it puts you right back in the hunt for a playoff spot, especially considering if one of Saskatchewan or Regina lose this If Saskatchewan and Regina play in each other, I think. So, uh, yeah, I think this weekend they are. Yes, yeah, yeah. so you'll be a game out of a playoff spot because somebody has to has to lose that game. And you know, I, I've talked to you and, and Chris Morris a lot over the last couple of years, and unfortunately, you guys have had some tough losses uh, where you're close but didn't get it done. H- how much do you hope this can mean to give the team now something positive to draw on when you're in those tight situations mm-hmm. in a fourth quarter like you were today?
1: Yeah, and I think it. You know, what I think it's going to give everybody a chance to to relax and say, you know what, we're a good enough football team that if we play and we look at it we look at after the next play and the play after that and the play after that. It gives us a chance to relax a little bit. And, there's, and now we're getting to a point where guys aren't looking around for somebody else to make another play. Guys are just going to step up and fill that role when it has to get done. And that's, what you, and that's what you saw tonight. You saw Nate Rowe, who was a guy who was able – He's a great football player, but when he had to just go and make plays, he was able to do that. Brad Baker was able to go and do that. Our offensive line, the whole game, when we needed them most, was able to get it done. So we're seeing. I'm sorry, defense was able to play great football. They got three turnovers for us, put us in a really good position. So now everybody knows that we have we're capable of doing what we did tonight against everybody that we play against if we play clean football.
2: You mentioned Nathan Rowe. He has 11 catches for 162 yards and three touchdowns. Quarterback Brad Baker thro- throws for those three touchdowns, 288 yards. He completed two-thirds of his passes. But, but I mentioned you're down nine in the fourth quarter. What mm-hmm. what what sparked the comeback? What Was there a key play? What turned it around?
1: No, I think it's just our attitude on the sideline. And, and you know, last week we had a couple times where we were right there with UBC and we just kind of we relaxed a little bit too much and we said, and we didn't, we didn't quite jump on them, back on them the way we needed to. So I think as soon as you saw Manitoba score, we we're all, okay, we got to go score. It's our turn, right? Like, we got to go step up. And everybody knew that. Everybody knows what it's got to look like. So I think it was that attitude. And from everybody, from our coaching staff, nobody wavered at all. Nobody said, nobody was deflated at all. Nobody took, put their head down for a second. We all know that we can play with anybody if we just keep driving on people and keep grinding on people. That's just the way Canlis football is.
2: Golden Bears running back Ed Nicky joining us on Inside Sports. 44 carries for 278 yards. I know you've had some big yardage games. Is this is this the most workload you you think you've ever had and were you aware of it as, as you were moving along that you were getting that many touches?
1: Yeah, I think you start to realize it when you see the way the defense will crowd the box and that kind of thing. But you get into a you get into a flow of things where you kind of forget about the last drive and you're just thinking about the plays that are in front of you and you're listening for the next call and you're just thinking about your next read. That's I think that's the biggest thing that you gotta have success. You gotta have a short memory in this week, right? Like kinda like there's linebackers are gonna make plays, defensive line, they're all they're all great football players. So you gotta have a short memory and just go and just keep getting after. Yeah, I heard the stat line at the end of the game and I was like, Man, that's a lot of times you get hit but you know what? That's that's if we, that's the way we got to win every game. That's the way we're going to do it. That's the way we're going to get after people. And if we if I get five carries a game, or if I take zero carries and we throw the ball over people, that's how we're going to get it done. So I mean, the stat line like it's cool. It's cool to recognize it at the end, and it it's a big weight. It's a big weight to think about it now. And my body's definitely going to feel it tomorrow. But it's something that that's what I want to do for my guys, and I'm gonna, and I'm going to do the same thing every chance I get every week.
2: You had five catches for 63 yards. When you're out there catching a pass, will you go downfield like a receiver, or are you mostly taking swings and screens out of the backfield?
1: We run a few little screens and a couple things here and there. Um, I can't give away too, too much because we'd never know what's going to come out of the playbook. But, <laughs> no, it's a lot of it's a lot of little stuff where we kind of have some play action stuff where I get set up or I get a release off a of pass protection or something like that. So a couple dinks and dunks here and there, and nickel, or di- nickel and dime our way down the field. But... No, I haven't caught in. I haven't hauled in a long one yet this year. So I'm gonna get on Coach Saul's about Hopefully, getting me one of those.
2: I love how you assume that Canada West football coaches from around the uh, Western Canada are listening to Inside Sports. I really appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Ed, uh, thanks for joining us tonight. I know you guys just finished the game, and I think you're you're coming back to Edmonton tonight. So I really appreciate you checking in. Outstanding game for you. We mentioned yeah. some of the other individual stars. And uh, so the next game, uh, you get a bye, and then you play on the 14th at home against Regina. That's going to be a big one. Thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely.
1: Thanks, Ray. Appreciate it.
2: All right, that is Ed Ilnicki checking in just a few minutes after piling up 341 yards from scrimmage at Manitoba. The Bears scored 20 straight in the fourth quarter to win 36-25. So finally, they get over the hump this season, and they hope that propels them here to a a bit of a drive for a playoff spot in the second half of the season. That'll be fun to watch. Ed Ilnicki, as you heard there, and we've had him on the show before, uh, is an outstanding interview. He had a look with the Ottawa Red Blacks, out of training camp this season, played both preseason games. They decided not to keep him around. That's a benefit for the Golden Bears. As Saskatchewan gets back into the game, as I just look up, I'm pretty sure, was that a defensive touchdown, Bauer? I don't know if you got it on in there. I think that was a defensive touchdown for the Riders, who offensively have done next to nothing. Here we go, here's the This is a kick return. This is a punt return oh, touchdown wow. of, I'm going to estimate, 96 yards here. Judging by the, where he caught it on the replay, so Saskatchewan oh. needed a play to get back into the game. Uh, I mean, there's 19 minutes left in the game, and they have they had not scored offensively. I don't think they've been close to scoring offensively. So and 17. And punched the ball into the stands at the end. Which, <laughs> which, if a defensive player does that, it's a penalty. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to kick one for the extra point, Three and a half minutes to go in the third. So 17-7, the extra point is good. So that just got a lot more interesting. We'll keep you updated on on that one. Okay, Morley Scott is still ahead with an Eskimos preview. And another football angle here. uh, The Edmonton Huskies, by the way, are undefeated in junior football. And according to some people, I'll I'll find out how this works, are the best junior team in the nation. Head coach Ian McLean is coming up. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet.
4: This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630
2: Chet. Fun show, and we're only half done. Morley Scott's coming up. Ian McLean is coming up. Dave Randorf is coming up. We might check in with Stoffer. I think he watched the entire Golden Bears uh, football game. How long are we going for here? Do I go till seven? Patrick, I'm a little giddy that we had Ed Nicky on the show right after that big game. I see that. Yeah. No. Um. You can be out here in in 30 30 seconds. In 30 seconds, I got to finish. Okay. I'll do the NHL exhibition scoreboard. Jordan Eberle has scored for the Islanders. They lead the Sabres 2-1 in the third. After two, Canadians up 2-1 on the Panthers. Leafs up 2-1 on the Wings in the second period. Hurricanes up 2-1 on the Capitals in the second period. So every game currently 2-1. Oil Kings face off right away against Lethbridge. Inside Sports on Check.